Hi, welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fess. Um, so I apologize for not having an episode last week. And part of that was technical error. Part of that was the reason that uh, this episode will sound bad. Uh, which is to say, uh, I got COVID. I'm very sick. It is very difficult for me to talk right now. But uh, I am recording for two reasons, one of which is dumb. Uh, and that reason is the franchise report is already going to be exhausting uh, this week. And, uh, you know, to do two of each movie. And next week is Goldeneye. And I want to really spend some time with that because it's perfect. Um, and also, uh, you know, I haven't had COVID before. It's weird and different. And, uh, uh, it's like my friend Summer said to encourage me to keep recording a podcast that nobody listens to is, uh, at least it's, it's, it's good to have sort of a record of my thoughts and what's going on in my life. And so let's, uh, Let's get that record going, shall we? Um, so, hey, yeah, like I said, COVID. Uh, as I record this, you can probably tell, I am, I am very sick. Uh, I am vaccinated and boosted, so it'll, it'll be fine. But uh, my throat is just baked. I am not having a great time talking. And, uh, I am, COVID brain fog is nothing to mess with. I will not remember how to say words. Uh, I'll tell you that right now. Um, so I apologize. This will probably be weird and awkward and I do not, uh, do not begrudge you just skipping out on this one and checking in next week. Or never again. Look, it's your life. I've, you don't owe me anything. Um, I came down with it last week. I was got real sick. And I didn't clock it as COVID because the symptoms didn't really match. Except that kind of everything is a symptom of COVID. So, uh, uh, like in, in my case, uh, the first thing I got was I was super lightheaded all the time and I couldn't feel my legs for two days, which I did not realize actually can be a side effect of COVID. And I fell a lot. Uh, you know, I was, I was like tipping and having to catch myself all the time because not only was I lightheaded, I could not tell when my feet were like down straight or, uh, it was it was real bad, and then I started my started to get like the burning in my lungs and this lovely congestion that you can no doubt hear. And I apologize that I can't do anything about uh, and this horrible strangled voice. And so I finally took a test, and yep, I got it. Um, and. You know, it is weird to sort of have to go back to like early pandemic thinking where it's like, no, no, I can't, I can't see anybody. Um, like I've been 
careful. I've gradually eased back into occasionally going to a restaurant. <coughs> Sorry. Um, you know, because honestly, this is probably what life is going to be like forever. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to just find a way to deal with what that is. And, uh, um, yeah, it's not, I'm not taking dumb risk. I'm still wearing a mask. Uh, I probably got it at work. Um, because that's where the people are. Um, but so I have been just absolutely miserable. And if you've had COVID, you know, uh, you probably, I, there's so many different stories for what you go through, but everybody agrees it sucks real bad. Like even with, sorry for about touching the microphone, even vaccinated and boosted, it just, it sucks. It's awful. I've just never felt sick where I'm like this just washed out and in pain. Uh, and it, it's, but also it's like this thing that's been looming for two years and my number finally came up, you know. And, but it's not like, well, now I'm done with it. I mean, the, the new variants, they say you don't even really get Im any immunity period after you get them. So. If, who knows, right? Um, so the... Uh, sorry, brain fog. Um, the thing... Uh, if you've been listening to the show over the past few weeks, you know I've been having some real issues with anxiety. Uh, for example, having to walk out of the movie Elvis when I realize bad things were about start to start happening to Elvis Presley, a famous person who is long dead and to whom I have no particular emotional connection. Still couldn't handle it. Had to go out to the car and hyperventilate. So does getting a highly contagious virus that will probably outlive me. Uh, does that help with anxiety? No, I think, you know, that was a stupid question. No, it's way worse. Um, you know, those tentative steps into the world. I, I shouldn't say tentative steps. I've flown to Vegas three times, but, um, you know, I'm still, <laughs> I'm really not, you know, I'm masked all the time. It's, I'm not really doing anything where I'm close to people. I've taken every precaution I can. It, it's, you know, you still get it. Probably we'll all get it at some point. It sucks. We'll get it more than once. Uh, I'm very worried about long COVID, which I know not everybody gets. But also, like, I just seem like a guy who'd get it, right? I mean, you know, if you know anything about my... How my luck usually runs over the course of my life... Uh, yeah, I'm the guy. I'm the guy who's gonna get it. It'll, it's it's coming for me. <laughs> this is a freaking schlep rock mofo here. Is you know my hair's gonna fall out as I'm saying this. 
Uh, so that's <coughs> that's a whole thing, and I I need my brain to start working right again. Um, God, it's miserable, and you know, so it's the the uh, yeah. So like I said, anxiety is. Uh, through the roof now because uh it, you know I, I got a plague so on top of all the other things that I'm worried about and uh whether they're rational or or anything that I can even uh do anything about uh you know now this on top of it and you go back to that early pandemic thinking where it's like, no, I actually can't, like, do I need something at the store? Well, can't get it. Am I hungry? Tough. Uh, you know, I I thought about, like, hitting a, just a drive through wearing a mask, you know, just will be very far apart. I'm just going to, I'll pay on the app, so you just have to hand me a bag and I can look away, but... Uh, the idea that I am putting somebody at risk for interacting with me, no matter how much I can minimize that risk, I'm not comfortable with. So I'm just going to be a hermit until until I'm tested negative, I guess. Which, you know, it sucked the first time. It sucks now. Uh, the first time, by which I mean when we were in lockdown. Not, because this is the first time I had COVID. You know what I mean. <laughs> If I have to explain myself, I'm never getting through this episode. And, and so, yeah, then you're just kind of locked up inside your your own head again. And, um, you know, and that was, that's that's a breeding ground for, for like I said, anxiety is, is, ruling the day uh depression had started to sneak back in over the last few weeks and it's still there but anxiety got a big surge and uh it's easier for me to work with depression but it's saying oh man and then like like you know for a while i mean really the only thing i do during the week is work and then and it's bad it's bad it's so bad uh I don't like what I do and I'm, you know, I don't think I'm good at it and everybody's mad at me all the time and no matter how hard I work and uh, the the expectations will continue to be completely unreasonable uh, because, uh, simply because I work in an industry of giant babies who all think they are the only people that, uh, who, who are imp imploring upon me during the day and I can drop every everybody there isn't anybody I deal with during the day who doesn't expect me to drop everything for them rather than be adults and realize they're in line with everybody else and everybody's just uh, the environment has become abusive we'll just leave it at that uh, um, and you know I work very hard and 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 the only thing I can say at the end of the day is uh, I let everybody down and uh, nobody is happy with me. So that's 
I mean, I don't like that. I don't like that being my life. Um, and that's, you know, so it's just, at my level of anxiety, everything is one more thing that I can handle. And then having COVID has just ratcheted that up. And now every, everything just feels like it's going to be the thing that breaks me. Uh, like uh, one of my credit cards got canceled because they issued new card. My gold card wasn't even expired. They just changed the formatting. So they sent them out and I didn't activate it because I didn't feel like changing all of my payments. And then they just canceled it. So now I've got all my, all these auto pays and everything being declined and I've got to go fix everything. And I hope I'm not getting charged for a, you know, a failed payment or and it's just like, yeah, it's something that ordinarily I could deal with in an afternoon, and now it just feels, it's just freaking insurmountable, you know? Or I'm trying to uh, just switch up the format here, and I'm going to start doing more guest episodes with a, with an actual topic. And then I'm running into, I'm almost definitely going to have to buy a new computer to do that, and, you know... That you know, that's a, a money thing, and also uh, who knows when I'm going to be able to go to a place and buy a thing. And and then it also starts to feel like, what if people are putting in their time to do a thing for me? I mean, really. And then I still can't get anybody to listen to it, and it's still bad. And all these these you know smart and funny people who. Who, who mean a lot to me are putting in their time on this and I, I'm letting them down and you know that's that that's that's the thing that's that's like background anxiety with a little 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 dropper of depression in there for me like that's that's always the kind of thing in my in my head but with the way things are currently that's just become a giant sort of when I let it in, this all-consuming thought of disappointing everybody, uh, which for me is where anxiety differs from depression in that depression, I know that I have disappointed everybody and they're judging me for it. Whereas anxiety is me going, I'm going to disappoint everybody. So, you know, it's impending failure versus known failure, I guess. I'm not saying any of this is healthy. I'm telling you what's going on in my head. And I got a lot of time to sit and reflect because... <coughs> Sorry, I hate doing that. Uh, because of the COVID. And also every... And my friends have been very nice and supportive and checking in and making sure, you know, if I need anything or how I'm feeling. But it also means every conversation I've had for days has been about covid and you know what else are we going to talk about frankly we're all busy people sometimes I go days without having a friendly conversation just because everybody's busy but it's just that's all it's all COVID all the time so uh, you know I guess I don't vent any of these other things that are causing me brain pain brain pain god yeah this covid fog man that it's it's real it's a thing
um, you know, and like it just every, uh, in my, my mother has decided to, uh, let me having COVID be the time when she really needs me to just help with various things. And I'm like, no, I can't. I'm not going to breathe on you. You, you want a table moved? No, it's going to have to wait. I'm in a lot of pain and I certainly am not going to lift a thing with you and breathe in your face while it's happening. No, stop. Uh, I swear she wants, she wants to catch it. I don't know what her deal is. It's, bonkers man you know it's just so which then also makes me feel like i'm just not feel like i'm disappointing her and not not uh not disappointing her by not giving her covid but not disappointing her by saying no i can't do this thing for you now you know and then it's all well, i'm not saying any of this is good you know this is just sort of background bad brain stuff that man you know when you're sick and then part of it isn't your brain doesn't quite work right you really sort of seize on this like uh you know everything you just can't stop thinking about all the things that are not right or you need to fix or maybe you can't fix or you know just you know, I'm worried my best friend stopped liking me. And I I, I do not like that I said that into a microphone. Um, luckily, my horrible voice has driven everybody away. And I'm just going to live in the reality of having said that. And uh, also maybe thinking it. Uh, okay. Uh, cool. Feels great. I said a great thing. Um but yeah it's yeah i don't know what you what you do about this and you know once i'm healthy again and can resume something resembling normal life maybe it gets better but you know that's part of anxiety is once you let it in it really it really kind of makes a home and i you know I don't know. I it's it's hard for me to uh, verbalize uh, clearly, uh, partly because I do not remember what words mean right now, and sometimes I do not remember how a sentence started when I finish it. Uh, it's a it's oh man, guys. This sucks. I'm really going through some pain here to get this recorded, and it cannot possibly be pleasant to listen to. Um, also, Better Call Saul series finale is on in like an hour, and my internet is down. And honestly, that's worse than COVID. Um, and not not, and I don't just mean my COVID. I mean like as a pandemic. Um. So that that's a, you know, also like it's not like I can go see if I can watch it with anybody because no, I can't breathe your air. If if my internet's not back tomorrow, I will, I will stay at a hotel, uh, so I can watch it on my iPad. But 
if my internet's back up, I'll load this. I'll upload this episode tonight, and then you'll say, "Hey, at least one thing worked out." Um, anyway, I guess that's where I am with with COVID and just sort of generally being a disaster right now. Uh, you know, this is sort of for my. This is probably it did not help to talk about, but. Uh, maybe if any of you catch COVID, you know, two plus years into the pandemic when it's like when it's sort of become just a thing that people are getting and it disrupts your life, but you'll probably, you'll probably be fine. Well, it still sucks and it's probably always going to be this way. How do we ruin everything, guys? Um, I really do not have much more left in me. So, uh, let me pivot wildly and do the franchise reports real quick, just so I don't get further behind. Uh, I got two weeks worth Marvel. I watched Spider-Man Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok. And both of those movies are perfect. (laughs) They are amazing. I love them. Just absolute bangers. Uh, consider the other movie that year, 2017, was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, best year they've had. Um, and, you know, Spider-Man and Thor are both going to show up again, so maybe I'll talk about them more uh, later. I won't get into, like, general thoughts on Spider-Man. I'll save that for next time we get a Spider-Man movie. Uh it is, it's weird but fun that he's so centered around Iron Man here, which is not a thing they've ever really done. But when you've set up a world where Iron Man is the first superhero, you go, yeah, let's see what that does for the kid. Uh, two things I just want to say, in addition to it being perfect, is uh, I noticed Spider-Man never punches anybody in the movie. He sometimes kicks, but usually he uses webs or uses people's momentum or the environment against them. Which is really cool. It's clever. It means he moves differently than everybody else. And also, he's a he's a nice little nerd boy. Punching would not be a like a go-to move for him. It's clever. I like that they did that. Um, and then, uh, the other thing is how ridiculously overqualified the cast is. I mean... Yeah, you got Michael Keaton and Marissa Tomei in big roles, and they crush it. Michael Keaton as the vulture, holy smokes, that's a nothing of a villain, and he makes him something. I mean, the script helps. The vulture's never really had a motivation. They did something really cool with him here, but... (coughs) (coughs) Sorry. That sounds so bad, I apologize. But, uh... Just, the rest of the cast is... There's three, like, sort of sub-villains and guys who become villains in the comics later. You got freaking Michael Mando as Max Scorpion Gargan. You know, uh, Nacho from Better Call Saul. Uh, Bokeem Woodbine from Fargo is the shocker. They don't even, they barely need to get an actor to do that. They got a guy who's amazing. And Michael Chernus from Patriot as the Tinkerer. And, like, every scene he's in is funny. It didn't need to be. It works. And then you got like uh, 
like freaking Tyne Daly has three lines at the beginning, and uh, Donald Glover has a scene, and there's a tour guide. Oh wait, is that Martha Kelly? You know, uh, uh, Martin Starr and Hannibal Burris, and it is, it is absolutely wild. Who? I mean, the guy who yells "Do a flip" is Zach Cherry, who's like the third lead on Severance now. It is absolutely crazy. Just any time an adult has lines in that movie, it's like, oh, wow, that's, that guy is way overqualified for this role. It's it's so good. And Thor Ragnarok is one of my favorite Marvel movies. It's one movie I watched a lot during quarantine. It's just so fun. Uh, uh, Doctor Strange, it's fun that Doctor Strange is kind of aloof and creepy in this because it's not his movie, so you kind of see him through Thor's eyes and he's a big weirdo. And uh, the Hulk stuff is amazing. Uh, the look of it is just beautiful. All the Kirby stuff and, you know, there's a, where they're fighting on the bridge and, and Valkyrie arrives and she steps out of the, the orgy ship with the fireworks going off and looks the coolest a person has ever looked. Um, it's just so funny and all the, but all the beats really hit. Like they really work. And, it, you know, it's dark. There's Thor's friends all die. He loses Asgard. He loses... Thor and Spider-Man are like the two guys in the movies who actually suffer, like, real unrollbackable losses. Um, the Spider-Mans we haven't really seen yet, and they're a little spoilery, but... You know what I mean. And Thor loses his whole family. And, I mean, even, even though there's a Loki on TV, and TV's Loki... He's technically a time-lost variant. The brother he experienced Dark World and Ragnarok with, that guy died right in front of him. You know, he loses the Warriors 3 in this. Uh, he's going to lose Heimdall next time we see him. Uh, Thor, And that's not really, like, endemic. That's not really, like, built into Thor. That's sort of new for what they're doing here. And it's, it's interesting, especially as they make Thor a more fun character. And uh, <coughs> it's kind of Spider-Man is always so defined by loss and he's supposed to be a fun character and part of and that's part of how he deals with it. And the idea that they're doing that with Thor, I don't know, it's cool, I like it. It's an absolutely beautiful movie that is so fun to watch. Uh, the funny stuff is funny, the awesome stuff is awesome. And it's got uh, Scourge the Executioner, played by Carl Urban from The Boys. Uh, and, like, in the comics, his arc plays out over months, but it, it's a very similar thing where he sort of gets played for a chump, and he ends up... In the comics, he, he, he and his assault rifles make a last stand on a bridge to let Thor get all of the, the innocents out of the underworld. Uh, and... It's such a it's such an amazing sequence where he's just gunning down the damned, and then when he runs out of bullets, he just starts beating him to death with his guns, and you know, finally they overwhelm him. That's actually the one thing. The one thing that doesn't quite work for me in the movie is Hella just knifes him to death, and I I like it in the comic where he's overwhelmed by this onslaught. Um. I don't know. It's a little more poetic that way, I think. But for story reasons, let's see why they need to do it. And 
the page that talks about his sacrifice is maybe my favorite page in Marvel Comics history. And even though I have brain fog and I cannot remember uh, a lot of things right now, I'm going to see if I can pull up the the uh, the captions for that page. I'm going to see if I can still access that in my damaged, damaged brain. Um, give me a second. They, they sing no songs in hell, nor do they celebrate heroes for silent is that dismal realm and cheerless. I'm sorry for the sing song way I'm saying this. It really takes away the, the, uh, impact, but it's the only way I can get it out. Uh, that was an interjection. That's not part of the page. Uh, but the story of the Galar brew and the God who defended it is whispered across the nine worlds. And when a new arrival asks about the one to whom even Hela bows her head, uh, the answer is always the same. He stood alone at Galar Brew, and that answer is enough. Jeez, damn, that's good. Holy smokes. Thanks for making my favorite Marvel comic into a movie. Good job, Thor Ragnarok. I love you. Uh, then over to James Bond. We got two movies. Timothy Dalton. Uh, his entire run, as it turns out, Living Daylights and License to Kill. Um, we get a new money penny we get for the first time uh, uh, Felix Leiter returns for the first time since Live and Let Die he's in both movies and in the second one he's played by the same actor as in Live and Let Die so he is <coughs> <coughs> he has two non-consecutive terms as Felix Leiter he's the Teddy Roosevelt of Felix Leiters um I really wanted to like these because Timothy Dalton had such a short run and Timothy Dalton was a Bond. He was a Doctor Who villain in uh, David Tennant's last episodes, uh, which speak his stories that make me cry. Holy smokes. And he's the chief on Doom Patrol. So he's got a good DC thing, a Doctor Who thing, and a Bond thing that might make him my favorite actor. But, uh... And he's, he's trying to do something new. He's a little more brutal I think but there's still a little bit of Roger Moore tone in the movie where there's a little bit of silliness and they haven't quite what he's doing as an actor does not quite match the world they're putting him in and if he'd had a couple more movies he probably could have they probably could have gotten someplace kind of interesting with it but they weren't readier to move away from the Roger Moore vibe um and both movies are fine. They're not standouts. Uh, they're kind of gross in the way 80s action movies are, where they're a little mean-spirited and dumb. But I had fun watching them. Um, Living Daylights had maybe the only scene I've liked so far in, in Bond where it's two armies going to battle while he's in the middle. Um and the army supporting him is the Mujahedin in this case, and I am, do not have the grasp of socio-political history to tell you whether or not that means Bond did 9-11. Um, I don't think that particular variant of the Mujahedin was involved, but it's not like things were great in Afghanistan after that. Um, he may have created ISIS. I, I don't know. Um, 
but there's there's some good stunts. It's where they're getting to the point where the stunts are starting to look really good, and like the car chases look so much better now. Um, License to Kill has some good things going for it. Uh, Robert Davi plays Sanchez, and he's you've he's he plays a bad guy in so many movies. Uh, if you're about my age or younger, you know him from The Mask. Um. You know, he's a tough-looking guy with pockmarks. And uh, usually he has a bigger, beefier head than he does in this movie. I guess he also has some troubling right-wing politics, and he had some weird interactions with Matt Gorley, but I don't remember the specifics. And he also makes a great choice to have an iguana on his shoulder for most of his scenes, which is amazing, and also the iguana survives the movie. Um, License to Kill is one of the one of the few where where Bond is sort of paired up with a a female who's supposed to be his I guess she's not an agent but she has like a she's has like a mercenary background or something where she's actually really effective uh cause a lot of times that's played for a joke but uh Pam Bouvier is really cool in this actually I like her a lot played by Carrie Lowell who I think did Law and Order after that uh, and also, uh, young Benicio del Toro is a henchman in License to Kill, and uh, yeah, you won't have a hard time spotting him. He's got that Benicio del Toro face. He's he's a fun dirtbag, and he gets crushed in a grinder at the end. Um, so I was hoping they'd be secret masterpieces, but I had I had fun watching them, but they did not make much of an impact. And part of that is COVID brain, where I cannot imagine anything making much impact at this point. Uh, but next week we're going to watch GoldenEye and it'll be awesome um, I have run out of ability to say words so remember to check out teasebysummer.com uh, buy something if I don't make it uh, consider it a charitable contribution in my name that also gets you a great shirt or mug do what you want uh, but definitely check that out buy something from a nice lady nice lady god I mean you know both of those things but uh, that's not how you talk forget it um anyway just the best just check out teas by summer um uh if you want to email the show it is uh guys I genuinely don't know don't email the show this week I can't remember uh, also, I uh, social media. It's me. It's my name. You'll find me, or you won't. Don't bother this week. I got nothing to say. Um, uh, man. Okay, I totally. I'm running on empty now. Uh, that'll be the end of the episode. Thank you for putting up with this. Uh, cool have a good week uh if you think i'm gonna do with the air horn noise to close out this episode you are crazy uh hopefully i feel better next time i'll talk to you soon bye